Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Clock In, Vibe Out. I'm your host, Raina, and today I am joined by Carly Peterson, and I cannot tell you how excited I am for you guys all to hear this episode. Carly currently is a marketing manager at Dose & Co., as well as a freelance creative director at Tomorrow Magazine. But before that, she worked on integrated marketing and brand partnerships at Billboard, big names here. And before that, she worked on the brand team at Red Bull. So without further ado, Carly, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Reina. I'm really excited to be here. I am so excited not only to have you on the show, but to talk to you again. I really haven't talked to you in quite a while. I know. It's been so long. And the weird thing with this pandemic is like, I have no concept of time anymore. So it it could have been three months ago, six months ago, or a year ago, and it all kind of feels the same. I know. Everything really has been blurring together. I mean, it's kind of nice in the sense that, well, I don't know, because I was going to say it doesn't feel like we've been in this pandemic for almost a whole year, but also it feels like it's been 12 years. So I don't know. Right. That's why time, who like time is such a weird, such a weird concept to grasp because sometimes it goes by so quickly and sometimes it feels like it goes by so slow. But really, it's all going by at the exact same time. Isn't it crazy though? Because time is like made up. Isn't like the concept of time is fake. We had to make that up. The weird thing about and the, the other weird thing about time, like, is when you think about how much you've been able to accomplish in the past or in such a short amount of time or in such a long amount of time, and like. I mean, part of part of my career journey, and I'm I'm sure everyone has kind of felt this way, is like I never feel like I've accomplished enough by my age. And in you know, I look and I think, well, this person when they were my age had accomplished X, Y, and Z, and I'm their age and I haven't even accomplished half of that. And I think it's it's just like important to remind like time moves by differently for other people and people fill their time differently. And it's it's not it's not like a comparison. It doesn't mean one person did it right or one person did it wrong. It's just that people did it differently. So I I have to constantly remind myself that all the time, just because I I think the thing is we, everyone seems to think that time affects everybody the same way, but we all really do experience it differently. That was so well said, but I have to say, like, I can never remember that, especially when I'm watching the Olympics. Like I just get pained when I see these 16 year olds winning gold medals and I'm like, wow, um, I'm 22 and I should have double the medals at this point. And then I'll go like look around my house and I have like a completion medal from the one half marathon I ran. I'm like, oh, oh, I don't know if I've ever actually like accomplished a physical feat in my life. Like I, I look at like Olympians, for example, and they literally dedicate every moment they have to accomplishing a goal. And it's, it's something that I don't know if people really think it's it's the lifestyle. So you have to, you kind of have to pick and choose. Like, do you want to dedicate your life to work, whether, whether your work is as like an athlete or, you know, in the business realm of things. Um, And just something I've personally found is that like work-life balance is so important. It's also really difficult to find, especially if you want a career in music um, or a career in in any way. I've had the jobs that I've taken my life up 24-7. And I've also had the jobs where like I get into the office at 8.30 and I'm gone by 4.30. And I kind of like to find that middle ground, you know, where like mm-hmm. you do have work-life balance and you can have hobbies and a life outside of your career, but also you love your career so much that it kind of bleeds into your everyday life. No, I think that that's why it's so hard too, though, because I mean, everyone's goal is to have work that they love. So if you love something, you are most likely going to go above and beyond and like take up some extra time and and trade some things that you could be doing outside of your work. But yeah, all about balance. 
Okay, wow, we just went on a little philosophical rant. You know, sorry, I tend to do that. <laughs> Me too, but it's okay. We got lots of time. I met Carly when I was just a little baby intern at Red Bull. Yeah, but you were such a great intern. Oh, thanks. I didn't feel like you were an intern because I think that's one thing Red Bull does really well is like if you intern for Red Bull, you, you're, you're doing things that an employee would be doing as well. It's just typically something they may not have time to do, but you're not, yeah. you're not going to get coffee or getting a Red Bull for people. Like you're actually right. events and you're actually running around at events when we had events, you know, things like yeah. that. <laughs> the good old days. I remember Carly, you were one of the first people that I met at Red Bull. I was so happy when I met you too, because I was so overwhelmed. I remember that day that I met you, I was shadowing CJ and I met him in Beverly Hills. I had never been there. I had to ask somebody directions for how to get to the hotel that I was looking for. I had no idea what was going on. I still was brand new. I think it was my first week. And I remember we got up to like the top part of the dream Hollywood and it's so intimidating and it's so beautiful. And there was some kind of corporate party going on and then all these Red Bull people were coming and I was like, oh my God. But I just remember meeting you and you were so nice to me and I was so happy because you were just so cool and chill and normal. And I was like, oh yes, the universe universe has done me a solid today. I, I vividly remember that too. It was the day that I got home from EDC and I had like, I had just worked at EDC oh, as an event yeah. and I had literally, I hadn't gone to bed yet. Like we got back to our RV cause we were camping there at 6am. We had to be at the airport by eight so we could get back by nine and get to that meeting. It was our brand marketing, like business planning meeting. And it was just, I was so exhausted, but I remember meeting you too. And I to be totally honest with you. I really love working with Uh, you know, people call it emerging talent, but like interns or new hires, because I think one thing that people don't understand how important it is, is mentorship and having someone that you feel comfortable going to asking questions, whether that's something as simple as where do I find X, Y, or Z or something like, Hey, this is what I want to do with my career, but I don't know what to do next. Um, And that's something that I didn't necessarily have. So as soon as I can, as as, as soon as I meet people who might need that sort of mentorship, especially someone who has like the charisma and the drive that you do, it, oh, it gets me really excited because I'm like, this is someone who I know is going to thrive and do well. They might just need help, like figuring out which way to turn the steering wheel. That's funny that you say that because I honestly have looked up to you so much ever since I met you because I've always respected how much of a hustler you are. I just feel like you always make really great opportunities for yourself, which is something that I try to do for myself. Also, you are so talented and you are also one of the most well-connected people I think I've ever met. And with that, I think that a lot of other people who are super well-connected sometimes come come off as like snobby and dismissive almost. But I just think that you're so nice and likable and also funny. I remember the first time I knew that you were funny, you tagged me in a, you tagged me in a Leo page meme and I was oh, like, yeah. oh yes, she gets me. I knew I liked you for a reason. <laughs> I think the thing too about you know, just building your career and why I feel really lucky to be able to help people is everything. For me, everything has been networking. And I'm really lucky that the jobs that I've had and the jobs that I've been at um, have allowed me or put me in positions where I am talking to tons of different people in all different like worlds. And I think the key is just like staying in contact is being genuine. It's caring about what people have to say. And to be honest with you, kind of like you said, usually people who have to contacts aren't necessarily the friendliest people, which is always shocking to me because I feel like the best way to, to network with someone is just to leave a really good first impression because you might not have 
the opportunity to, you know, like email them, you know, once a month or every three months to just like check in, but you want them to still remember you. And I think kindness is, is something that is so underrated, you know, like even if you don't have anything to offer to a conversation, just sitting there and genuinely listening um, goes a really long way. And I do think kind of to go off that kindness is something that there should be more of, but there isn't for some reason. So I think that even if you maybe don't have something to add necessarily content wise to the conversation or experience wise, you definitely, like you said, have that opportunity to just like add the energy and add the kindness and add the compassion and the genuineness. So I think that is a good point to point out because I'm still pretty early in my career, so sometimes I definitely have imposter syndrome all the time, every time that I do something, but it is nice to know that you can just kind of give yourself an edge by just the way that you carry yourself. And I think, I mean, anyone who works in entertainment, like if you ask somebody, why do you like music? Everyone will say, like, I just love the way it makes me feel. I love the way I feel when I'm listening to music. And I think people really underestimate that you can take that feeling that you like that positive feeling you get from music and you can bring it with your personality or even just with your presence. I do want to get into some of your professional endeavors because we have quite a bit to go over. Currently, you're working at Dose & Co., which is a collagen company, fantastic product. I've been using mine, and I have to say my hair has been getting longer and shinier, and this is not sponsored, but Carly, if you want to hook a girl up, let me know. Um, (laughs) Anyways, so how is... How is the work that you're doing now with Dose & Co. different from your previous jobs? Because you are still working in a creative space as working on the marketing team, but it is a little bit further outside of music. Totally. So, I mean, it all kind of started back in in April when the pandemic hit and I actually lost my job at Billboard. You know, it was was a job that Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely loved. I loved my team. I loved what I was doing. And so when it happened, I was you know, relatively devastated because it, to me, that was a really great way to work in music, but to bring my marketing background. And so in the meantime, I I knew that I wanted to keep getting experience in the music side of things, but also fully aware of the fact that my background is really strong in CPG and in, you know, beverages. So when Joe's and Co came around. I got really lucky that you know a friend of a friend. It was it's all networking. Um, was looking for someone to run the marketing in the U.S. and the company hadn't quite launched yet. So uh, part of my job there was to launch the product in the U.S. in partnership with Khloe Kardashian, and then from there to to kind of run our marketing efforts here. Um, the company is based in New Zealand. It was actually founded in New Zealand, so. It's been it's been really cool actually to work on a global team and I have counterparts in New Zealand and Australia and the UK and we all kind of work together on a global strategy on how to run the brand. So it is farther away from music than I I think I thought I was ever going to go again. However, um, I think a lot of a lot of skills are actually very transferable between industries and that's why if you look at people's backgrounds when you work in music, a lot of times you will see someone who has a purely music background, but Right. At the same time, you'll also see people who may have come from a completely different realm and they found themselves working in music because of the skills that they bring. Like you can learn, you can learn things in other fields and still get back into music. So for me, like at this company, being able to run the US marketing, I'm learning a lot about everything from like how to pitch to a client, how to deal with hiccups as they come through, you know. Is working with influencers actually worth it? Um, what? How do you measure ROI and all these different things that you can still be applied when you work in the in the music world? The difference is just when you work in a pro- with a product or good, that is what you are selling, and when you work in music, right. depending on what you want to do, 
a song or that musician or whoever your your client is with what you are selling. So you do yeah. still learn some, some good skills that can transfer. And that's why I always tell people too, like if you want to work in music and you don't right away, it's it's not the end of the world. You can absolutely still get back into it. That's good to hear. I'm sure for everybody else, but also for me, just because, dude, I'm you know, applying for jobs is like, it yeah. takes a little bit of your soul every time that you press apply, every time that I slide in somebody's messages, it just takes a little piece of me. So that is definitely good to hear. Um, this is kind of off topic and it doesn't really have to do with it, but so when you guys have group calls and stuff, has that been challenging at all with people's accents? You know, it's so funny. Uh, I personally haven't found it challenging, but at the same time, like I feel very, very lucky that, uh, I've been able to travel a lot at like growing up uh-huh. and so I've, and I've been able to spend like some time in different countries. And so I've learned how to figure out what people are saying the hardest thing to me is the slang terms, you know, that don't. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like, for example, uh, everyone in New Zealand, instead of saying like, let's talk this afternoon, they say, let's get back to this Arvo, which means afternoon. And oh, I remember <laughs> that. I literally, and my boss, he, my boss lives in Los Angeles, but he yeah. is from New Zealand. And so I literally had to text him and be like, Hey, Someone <laughs> meet Arvo, and I don't know who Arvo is. <laughs> You're like, is this a new acquisition? Is this a new product that I don't know about? <laughs> what has it been like, though, to work on a team that has such a big celebrity attached to it? Because I know that you are used to working with big names from Red Bull, but Khloe Kardashian is probably the most famous person that like you could possibly work with. I've actually learned a lot in that space. And to be honest with you, Khloe and her team are actually very, very wonderful and very easy to work with. I think the hardest part sometimes when working with any sort of talent is number one, getting people to respond to your emails. Um, oh, yeah. Getting them to like fulfill what they say they will do. But she has gone above and beyond with everything. Her team is super responsive and she's really heavily involved in everything that we do. It's actually been really cool. You know, she just has this really positive energy about her, um, which is why I look forward to working with her. But I really look forward when I actually get to email her and ask her like, what are your thoughts on this, that, and the other? Oh, look at you, Carly Kardashian. <laughs> That's really cool that she is able to bring so much to the brand and actually work as a partner. I saw Dose & Co. in the store. I went to Target a couple of days ago and I saw it and I thought of you. I was like, oh my God, it's Carly's baby. That's it. Moving on into more of your music experience. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Tomorrow Magazine because it's super interesting and I think it's still definitely on the rise. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Tomorrow Magazine is a multi-platform music and culture magazine. Super, super cool. Really trendy. I just saw that you guys have an article with um, Salem. I don't really know how to pronounce her last name, so I'm not going to. But the I'm at a yeah. I think it's Salem Elise. That's how I've been saying it. It's a really cool experience I've really been thankful for. It actually came about because of the pandemic. So when, when I lost my job at Billboard, um, my VP at the time, her, her husband works in music PR. And I guess... Um, he had met Joe, who was the the editor and the founding editor. He actually created the magazine. And they had met a couple of times. And, and Joe actually reached out to my VP and was like, hey, would you want to work on partnerships here? And you know, she, she respectfully said, like, I can't take that on when I'm at Billboard, but we just have to let go some, some solid talent that you should reach out to. And so Joe actually reached out to me on LinkedIn and we hopped on a call and he, he's based in London. And so again, very global over here. You're at Miss International, huh? 
No. And so, you know, I just, I really liked the magazine is absolutely beautiful. And Joe has done such a great job at curating a timeless magazine. Like one thing I really appreciate about it on a lot of things, first, first of all, visually, it's just beautiful. And it sits more like a coffee table book than a magazine. Like it's printed really well. It's printed on completely like recycled and recyclable paper. So love. Right. And they're very, he's very, very like sustainable. He offsets all the carbon emissions that could have been, you know, uh, produced because of either shipping or production or whatever it might be. Um, so I really loved the fact that he actually thought about it and had the forethought to think about the environment. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, every article that he publishes in there is really, it feels more like a story that, you know, you could read now and you could read 10 years from now and it, it wouldn't feel outdated because he really focuses on either what like a specific artist or why a song is the way it is or how fashion has impacted the music industry. Which has absolutely nothing to really do with time going back to it. That will be relevant forever because it's a moment. It, it really is. It's really about like the artistry behind music and culture and fashion and where they all intersect. And he's done a really great job with it. So when he reached out to me over the summer, um, I started working for them. And my friend Karina, who actually worked with at Billboard as well, um, we started working as creative directors for his brand partnership. So when brands would you know reach out and want to work with the magazine, we would come up with creative ways to get them involved that went beyond just like writing an article or just having like a paid print ad in the magazine. And it slowly kind of also evolved into when this pandemic didn't quite end as soon as people thought it was going to kind of turned into Karina and I became his like feet on the ground in the US because he couldn't get here from the UK. I got really lucky that in that role, while I was, you know, hired as a creative director of brand partnerships, Karina and I kind of got to transition a little bit into creative directors just in general. And we actually got to work on a really, really, really cool uh, magazine with The Weeknd. I would love to hear a little bit more about that project with The Weeknd. A really great opportunity came up to actually produce a bespoke tomorrow issue all about The Weeknd. And it's crazy to, to think about his career and how much he has accomplished. It, yeah. you know, because I, I remember listening to the weekend when he first kind of broke into the scene, and I forget how long ago it was because, again, what is time? Uh, it was but so it was, long ago, though. It was, it was. And it was just really cool to actually, like, we had a photo shoot with him to get all of the content for the magazine. We worked with an absolutely incredible photographer named Jim Dahl, and he's, he did the entire photo shoot on film. And I, I my oh, dad, no way. Yeah. So I grew up a photographer's daughter. So I understand how like digital makes taking photos a lot easier, but there is something so beautiful about like the rawness of film. Yeah. And having to develop it and go through all the little steps to get everything just perfect. Truly. And everything has to be because, you know, you get one shot and then you have to reload the camera and the photos turned out stellar. They really, really did. First of all, who you work with is really important too. And Karina is just such an incredible co-worker and friend and you know we started as co-workers at billboard and then through tomorrow we actually became really close friends as well and she she is such a visionary as well and she comes from a, a more music focused even more music focused background than i do and so just seeing her vision for things also kind of come to life it was just such a great great opportunity and then like about two or three months later the magazine actually was released and it was just it's such a cool feeling to see something that normally i would you know gawk at on social media and be able to say like, oh, I did that. Or like, I helped produce that is it almost feels surreal. I don't even think it's hit me yet. And the magazine's been out for a month. 
Another really cool project that I got to work on too is with um, Electric Feel Entertainment. We actually created a bespoke magazine for them as well. And um, they're also just such an incredible company. Like it, you know, it's everything from like management to brand partnerships. You know, you, I think when people hear Electric Feel, like their first thought is, oh, that's Post Malone's management firm. Yeah. But they really have so many incredibly talented artists and producers and writers and even their like business team is so smart. Um, so to be able to work with them on everything was, it was, it was a blast and don't get me wrong. Working on these things is a little bit high stress and a little bit high pressure because you are working with uh, like some top talent or very high stakes, but it is very rewarding when it actually happens. I feel like that's kind of how it is with everything that's project-based though. I think that that has always been the best part about working on projects that are tangible and visible that you can actually see impacting people because it is so cool to be able to come up with an idea and then see it all the way through from the ideation all the way to fruition when it's actually in front of you. And especially with the weekend and people like that, that must have been absolutely insane. But also kind of going back to what you were saying, moving into more professional careers like in music and at Red Bull and everything, I was obsessed with not being the smartest person in the room. I loved it. I was able to learn so much from the people that I was just surrounded by. Even if I wasn't working with them directly, just being able to be in the same space as people that have so much experience and so many great ideas is so invigorating. And I think that it's so contagious. And honestly, I think that that has helped me so much. And I think everyone's heard the saying, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. It's totally true, though. You know, I think there's a there's a sense of like your ego likes to be the smartest person in the room because it makes you feel accomplished. But I think another thing to think about is like if you aren't the smartest person in the room, it just means that your potential to grow is that much more. Exactly. Which at the end of the day, like that's how you're going to continue to be able to do all these great and amazing things is you have to be able to keep growing. Oftentimes people forget, especially if you're like an overachiever or a high achiever is you feel like you're expected to know how to do everything all the time. And it's not true. I mean, everybody has not known how to do something and learned how to do it. And especially, especially if you're just starting your career, or if your career is still early on, or you're moving into a new field that like that is brand new to you, you're not expected to know how to do everything. But the the expectation that you should have on yourself rather than knowing how to do everything is being willing to learn and being willing to work hard enough to learn. Honestly, one of the biggest shocks to me going into the workforce and just growing up in general has been that I would say about 80% of people have absolutely no clue what they're doing. Whether it's professional, whether it's in relationships, whether it's the government, nobody has any idea what's going on. So I think that that's totally hit the nail on the head. It's really all about having a growth mindset and being able to be open and learn. It truly is a lot of fake it till you make it. And the people who are the best at it are just, they're just the best at masking that they don't know what they're doing. And I think if you do anything with enough confidence, people are just going to think you're doing it right. Because why would someone be so confident to do something that they don't know how to do? And I think the other thing to remember too, that I've, it's really been ringing true for me lately is there are a thousand different ways to get to the same destination. I think it kind of came up at some point when I was meeting my family at another family member's house to drop something off. And uh, they were like, where did you go? Like, I, I thought it was behind you. And then, you know, you, you were gone. I was like, oh, well, I took this street and this street. And they're like, oh, well, I took this street, this street. I'm like, we got to the same destination. 
pretty much at the same time, but we got there completely differently. And I, I think about that a lot when it comes to my career and to anyone else's career is that you can still get to where you want to go in a different way than somebody else who also wants to get there. And nobody is doing it right or wrong. You're just doing it differently. I've been thinking a lot about the, I don't know why this picture is like burned into my brain, but I keep seeing that like a little line graph thing. And it's like what people think success looks like. And it's just like a little diagonal line to the top, what it actually looks like. And it's like all these little dips and like turns and everything like that. And it's literally the most basic picture, but I cannot get that out. I, I, I think everyone's guilty of this. Not everybody, but I'm hundred percent guilty of this is like making my life on social media seem like it's the best thing ever. And that Obviously not right now with the pandemic. Like I haven't been that active because I don't think people want to see me like sitting on my couch with a glass of wine. However, even when I worked at <laughs> Red Bull and I the my job at Red Bull was one of the most fantastic jobs I've ever had. And I mean, you were there for this too. Like I really got to experience so many different music festivals and, and sporting events and I got to do some really cool things. And obviously I would post about it on social media because I was proud of it and I was happy. Right. Oh, I went into Exactly. But what people don't like didn't see is that sure, for example, like I was at EDC having a great time, but what they didn't see is that the night before I was up for six hours stocking mini fridges around the entire Las Vegas motor speedway full of Red Bull and like cans were exploding and I was soaking wet and I was sticky with Red Bull all over me and it was muddy because it was wet, you know, all of these different things or like in the middle of the festival somehow without service, I got a call that I needed to do something for business planning. And that happened to me when I was at Lollapalooza in Chicago. Like I, I worked for 21 hours one day. You know, you're, you're working these long days with very minimal sleep. It's so worth it. But at the same time, like, just don't believe how luxurious and wonderful and happy everyone's lives are because everyone does experience lows. Same with people's career successes. Like, I guarantee you, even the most successful people in the world have, have been laid off from jobs, have gotten fired from jobs, have had something, you know, negative happen and a, a true setback that they've been able to overcome. And I think that's why people are successful. It's it's having the mindset and the drive and the perseverance to overcome the obstacles and keep going. Like you just stop. It's interesting to think about that in a career sense because I know for me sometimes I don't think of LinkedIn as a social media, but it really truly is. It's just a social media that's based around professional life. But I think that it's important to note too that like you were saying, people's careers go through lots of dips and pivots and there's a thousand ways to get to the same place as somebody else, but there is no right or wrong way to do it. However, LinkedIn is a hard place to be on, especially during the pandemic, because nobody really for the most part is posting about all the jobs that they're getting rejected from, unless it's like one of those motivational pages, whatever, but those are yeah, whatever. But it's important to remember that exactly. It's not a straight line. People are going through hardships and people have been through hardships. So even when you are seeing people posting at their most favorite work events or like their best projects that they've ever worked on, there is also all that behind the scenes stuff. Like you were saying, getting covered in Red Bull, getting covered in mud, having a heat stroke. Like there's so many things that go into all of those great things that you see. So I definitely think that that's super important to always remember, especially in more glamorous fields like music and entertainment, because I definitely experienced it on a much smaller scale than you did. But even like my first big project was Pride in um, in West Hollywood, which was amazing and so fun and so incredible. And of course, obviously, like you said, I'm not posting Snapchats or Instagram stories of me running around the entire festival with these 
pallets of Red Bull like on my head because they're so heavy. My under boob is sweating. Like I'm stocking the fridges. The bar people are yelling at me. Like there's so much that goes into all of behind the scenes because then my friends were like, oh my God, your internship looks so fun, which it was, but also it was a lot of work as well. They were like, wow, so fun. Can't believe that's even work. And I was like, oh no, oh, that was it's work. That was my favorite when people would say, are you even working? And I'm like, you don't even I'm like, you have no idea. You don't <laughs> even know. It's, I guess it's kind of a jealousy or an envy thing. I don't fully know, but people love to put down your work if you look like you're having fun to make themselves feel better. You know, people Absolutely. love to say like her, like her job's not even that hard or she doesn't even get paid very well or whatever it might be, but don't let anybody else put you down. Like if you like what you are doing or you feel like it is the right thing for you to be doing at the moment. That's all that matters because I guarantee you people used to say all the time that like, do you even work? Like, are you even learning anything? Like you're getting so overpaid for what you're doing. And the truth of the matter is no one really knows what you're going through. Like nobody knows that you're up till two in the morning working on presentations that then the next day they want you to completely redo again and you only have like four hours to do it. That one hit hard. Yeah, right. And no one sees like the breakdowns that you have where you just like need like an hour to just cry and get your frustrations out because we don't want people to see us struggling. And I, I, what I appreciate on social media right now is people are getting a lot more real and a lot more vulnerable, but I would say that really just started to happen within the last year. Oh, I definitely think it was kind of everyone was forced into being real because like you said, what are we all doing? Even the most glamorous, amazing person in the world, what could you possibly be doing? The world is shut down. You're not doing anything. That's cool that you would be going on all these trips and you would be on VIP at all these festivals and you would be on the private jet. That's awesome and everything, but you're not. We're all sitting on our couches in PJs and face masks, drinking a lot of wine. That's what it is. That's what's going down. It totally is. And I think even coming from someone who this pandemic did affect, and not even as much as it affected the majority of other people, there were a few silver linings that came from it for me. And I'm not saying I'm thankful for the pandemic, but what I am saying is that there, even in the hardest of times or in the times that are the most frustrating, there are some positive things that can come from it. And even if it's just like perseverance and learning what hard work is or, you know, having the time to get different certifications online or having the time to figure out like, is this what I want to do? Or like, do I want to go back to school and having the time to pause and on top of that, just like having that reminder that we really are all human. Yeah, it's definitely a very leveling experience. And it's funny that we keep going back to time. But honestly, I do think I agree because time is something that I always felt super, super pressed for because I like to stack my plate really full. And in school, especially I was double majoring. I had like two jobs. I was in clubs. I was in a sorority. Like I was trying to do a thousand things at once, wear a million hats. And at the end of the day, like how much time does that actually leave for yourself? And I am very selfish with my time. I love to sit by myself with my thoughts and I love to think through things and come up with ideas. And I really didn't have a lot of time for that. And I thought, that I was doing an okay job of it in the moment when I was wearing all those hats and trying to juggle all those things. But again, like you, I am not grateful that we had the pandemic, but it has definitely been super nice to have time because I think that time is such an important commodity that we somehow allow society to take from us in crazy, crazy quantities. Like, 
why are we working nine to five every single day at the least in an office five days a week with around the same surroundings? That's definitely blocking people's creativity. Why are we in suits all the time? That can't be good for creativity. Like what? You know what I mean? I think that it's really given people a lot of things to reevaluate and kind of be almost like a reset. And obviously all of the political and social things that have been happening as well. Like it's, it's been kind of nice that we have time to sit and unpack that because I think that it has really bought, brought a lot of important things to light. So I totally agree in that sense, but also at the same time, I'm over it. Now I'm over it. Oh, girl, I feel you. I mean, one thing that I do want to say is that I think people really need to think about how they invest their time the same way they invest their money. Because if you think about it, money is something you can always earn time isn't. People are, are very conscious of how they spend money. And, you know, you look at the price of things and you, you, know, you calculate, can I do this? Or can I not afford this? But people don't look at their time that way. And I think if, if they did, they would uh, spend it very differently. You know, that's a really good way to put it. I would suggest to people start thinking about your time as an investment in something. And whether that's investing in yourself, like if you want to get healthier, like invest your time in, in making healthy meals and in going to the gym. Or if you want a career in music, invest your time in in reading different publications about music or listening to music podcasts or like and invest your time there because that's where you want to build your future and where you want to grow. Absolutely. Well, I do have you for one more minute. This is the last question that I have for you. Obviously, working in music and entertainment, we are put into some peculiar situations that um, allow us a lot of opportunities to embarrass ourselves. So my last and final question for you is, do you have any embarrassing stories, super quick, short and sweet that you want to share with us before you leave? Um, I do. I mean, that it literally just happened. I find it embarrassing. It's not like very publicly embarrassing. However, um, when we were launching Dose & Co, uh, Chloe was doing an interview and they were all on Zoom. So her team asked if I could go drop off some some product to like some Dose Co product to our house. Um, and so I said, absolutely, no problem. So it's like 6.30 in the morning and I'm driving to Calabasas and um, I go to like bring her her product. And her the girl on her team I was working with was like, when you get there, just ring the doorbell and like I'll come get it from you. And mind you, when you get into Calabasas, it's like your service kind of sucks. And so I had yeah. zero. I it said no service on my phone. So I got to her house and I, mind you, at this point, it's like 7.15 in the morning. I'm in sweatpants and I look terrifying. And I cannot find the doorbell. Oh, Carly. Walking around the front of her house. And I'm sure she has me on like security cameras from every angle. And I look at the super fan who like somehow broke into the neighborhood and found her house. And after about 10 minutes of like, literally I was looking around bushes. I was like, is this thing hidden? No, no. Why were you in the bushes? No. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe there's a door that I don't see. Oh my God. Leaving it outside. And then I like drove away and like 20 minutes out, I finally had service and I texted her team and I was like, Hey, I I literally said I couldn't find the doorbell. So (laughs) And like, I'm a, I'm an educated woman. I couldn't find a doorbell. And again, it's not a public embarrassment, but I- No, but that is personally very embarrassing. I couldn't find the doorbell. And luckily the next time I had to, I had to drop something off, like her whole team, it was like 11. So her whole team was like out and about and, so <laughs> and I was able to drop it off. But never in my life did I think I wouldn't be able to find a doorbell. That's a doorbell. amazing. That's amazing. I like stones. I'm like, maybe they have a secret doorbell that doesn't look like a doorbell. Or maybe it's just like a secret knock or something. Something. That's amazing. 
that is something. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Carly. You really have dropped quite a lot of wisdom and I'm super excited to push this episode out. I think it's going to help a lot of people. I know this conversation alone has definitely helped me. Really quick before you go, do you want to tell the people where they can find you? Yeah, of course. I mean, if you if you're on Instagram, it's at Carlykins, K-A-R-L-Y-K-I-N-Z. If you're on LinkedIn and you want to connect or you have any other career questions, it's LinkedIn.com slash in slash Carly Peterson. Um, I'm here to answer anyone's questions, but I'm more than happy to answer anyone's questions as well. And Rona, if anyone reaches out to you, feel free to connect me with them. Um I'm happy well. to, to help to chat with people and help you figure out what to do next. Amazing. It's been so good getting to talk to you again. So fun. If you ever, if you have anyone else, let me know. I'll come back a second time. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I will be back next week with another episode of Clock In Vibe Out.